Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello again, and welcome to the podcast. We are in week four, our fourth installment of our Women Doctors of the Church, and um, we're so excited about this series. And, you know, as usual, we're hanging out together. We've already been recording for like over an hour and a half, I think, <laughs> ladies. So, um, and we have to say that St. Therese, we're going to talk about St. Therese today, and St. Therese is Heather's girl. So, like, Teresa of Avila, Michelle's girl, Catherine of Siena, my girl, Hildegard, all of our girls, she's grown on us, and um, but she is Heather's girl. So I'm going to let her go first and talk about how she's doing today. And I think she's got some fun statistics for everybody to tell about Heather. Yeah, I'm doing well today. I woke up this morning early, you know, time change. I don't know if anybody else has a problem with that, but I never seem to be able to sleep and it really enjoy the time change. It's like we get an extra hour. Anyway, so I was sitting with the fire on with the dogs. I'm having my quiet time. And all of a sudden, my 13-year-old son comes downstairs fully dressed in his uniform at 6.15 a.m. <laughs> because he can't sleep either. And all of a sudden, he's like, Mom, how about we just listen to like some lo-fi beats right now? And I'm like, Judah, <laughs> no, um, this is like quiet time. He was like so ready to go. So this morning was not as peaceful as I would have liked, but That's super so fun funny. hanging out with my son. I know. So cute. Um, anyway, we've just been completely blown away by the response to the podcast, and we want to welcome all of our new listeners. Uh, we got some of the statistics, and in the last seven weeks, we've had just over 250,000 downloads, which is so incredibly wow. humbling. Mm -hmm. And the three of us were just like, what is going on? This is uh, amazing, the response that we've had. So thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And we are so excited about being on the journey together with you all. We We've been just astounded at the community that has been growing and created online on our online uh, discussion groups. And we love hearing your stories. So thank you for subscribing to the podcast and thanks for sharing it. And thanks for listening and being on the journey with us. We truly are so grateful to God that he's using this um, to speak to people. And we're so grateful to you. you know. mm -hmm. How are you doing, Michelle? Um, I'm with you. I'm right there with the time change. It takes a little bit of adjustment for me. Chris, my husband just laughs because he's like, you lament over it like it is a plague. But anyway, no, it's all good. I'm good. I just got back. I traveled this weekend to the Diocese of Richmond, Virginia, and I got to be with the women there. And they were amazing. It was really just an honor to be with them and hear the different stories. I could listen to women's different women's stories forever. I just love hearing people's encounters and their stories and what God is doing in their life. So it is awesome. And um, yeah, it just feels very fallish, doesn't it? And so mm -hmm. yeah, like the weather's mm -hmm. gotten cooler here. And I'm ready to be cozy and quiet soon. Like I'm ready for Advent, bring it on cozy and quiet. <laughs> I need I need a little quiet. I don't think I'll ever achieve it in my house, but I need a little bit of it. And so I'm good. Uh -huh. 
Well, that's also because you have a peppermint mocha as well. I did. I did. Baby, it's festive. (laughs) It's time for the holiday cup. And (laughs) which means which means eggnog lattes are out and about. Which oh my gosh, be still my eggnog. We should take an online poll about people. (laughs) We should do an Instagram poll on who likes eggnog lattes. Like who likes eggnog? That's such. Either you like it or you don't. Okay. Can we you, just say that do. right now? You do. No. You have to. It's so okay. If so you haven't had eggnog latte, right now, like, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Just don't get the nutmeg. That's the gross part. Don't get the nutmeg on the top. Just get the eggnog latte. You will thank me later. I, I just wish I could have shown our listeners a visual of Sister making those gagging noises. That's quite lovely, my friends. Quite lovely. So, Sister, yeah. how are you? She's laughing so hard. I don't know if she'll be able to talk. How are you, Sister? I'm good. My dad, my dad loved eggnog. It just always reminds me of him. Like he would get it by the gallon and he just loved it. And you're like, we would have gotten along so well. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably sharing a cup of eggnog with the Lord right now in heaven, right? Where he dwells. Oh my gosh. I'm doing well. Had a quiet weekend. Uh, Yeah, it's been good. And just digging into a book project with a friend of mine. So working on that and yeah, all good things. So I am excited about this uh, series. Like you said, Heather, it's been just so beautiful to to be with everybody on this journey. So yeah, here we go, huh? St. Therese. Yeah, yeah. St. Therese. Exciting. So Heather, Michelle finally sent me my journal four weeks into the program. Thanks, Michelle. Uh- <laughs> She's such a punk. <laughs> That's because it was such a blowout success. Like no. every every one of I'm them. I'm totally was sent joking. Out I'm order. just. I love to just rib Michelle. Anyway, I love you, honey. Okay, here we go. Ugh. So these are the words from the journal. Um, Saint Therese, Saint Therese of Lisieux, a true heart, a vibrant wildflower that flourished in a little way. She asked for it all, and the Father gave to her an abundant delight. Her story of a soul words bloomed with childlike trust. She took the difficult physics of faith and made it into simple poetry. She was a valiant warrior of prayer and a radiant missionary of love. Mm. I found it very interesting that she was actually the 33rd, it's very fitting, the 33rd doctor of the church and certainly the youngest. Um, She died at the age of 24. Very beautiful French saint. And I, she's, you know, along with Teresa of Avila, I think, well, Catherine of Siena, but Therese, everybody knows who St. Therese is. And so, but if you don't, uh, she's like the last of nine children born to her parents. Her parents are actually saints, which is amazing. They're canonized saints. And um, only five of the children live to reach adulthood. And so Therese describes herself as a, like a sensitive child, very precocious, but she needed a lot of attention. And when she was four years old, her mother died. And uh, just some interesting, you know, you talk about people's stories, right, and how stories affect us, and stories affects this, the, affect the saints as well. We all have a story. There's a power of a story. And so she talks about really being babied after her mother died, especially really being babied by her father, and somebody would cry often, and she said she would feel sorry, or she would feel sad, then she'd feel sad that she's sad. You know, she would cry because she's crying. And um, But at the age, I mean, don't we all know that? Um, but yeah, at the age sounds of, like one of my children. I love it. One of mine, too. Sounds like me yes. sometimes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So true. Uh, She, um, at the age of 14, though, a beautiful on Christmas Eve, uh, had a conversion. And at that time in her life, began to turn toward love and pouring out her life for others. And so she actually got to beg the Holy Father to enter the Carmel convent at the age of 15 when she was very young and uh, took the religious name Sister Therese of the Child Jesus and the Holy Face. 
Um, she lived a simple life of prayer and great intimacy with the Lord. And her little way, her book, Story of a Soul, is probably one of the most widely read spiritual stories uh, in the history of the church. And I, I'm going to let Heather kind of just take over and talk a bit about her favorite parts about St. Therese. But I do have to say, and I've I've heard other people say this, that I, for a long time, I heard about St. Therese and everybody loved her. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. This young kind of sickly, sweet saint. I'm like, I just can't relate to somebody like that. But man, when I started reading her actual words and her story and her virtue, that girl is a warrior. Mm-hmm. She is an absolute warrior. And so if you have not become acquainted with St. Therese, I would highly recommend it. She's amazing. And and her, you know, the doctor of, you know, child, childlike, not childish, but childlike spirituality, that God took something that was broken in her and redeemed it and made it beautiful. And it's a way of, of, of spirituality, a way of relating to Christ as a child of, of somebody who's deeply delighted in. So I just want to say that, you know, if, if you've written St. Therese off, let's have another look at her because she's amazing. So Heather, I want to give you kind of the platform here and just to share a bit about her and what your favorite things about her are. Yeah, by no means am I a St. Therese expert, but I do have a personal love for her. Um, Mm -hmm. She came into my life when I was about 18 years old. I was on a traveling ministry team and I remember staying at a host home. You just like it was we were all over the country. So you're always saying somewhere weird, somewhere great. You didn't know what you're going to get. So Mm -hmm. I was staying with this woman and she had this deep devotion to St. Therese. And so she was telling me some stories about her. And I was like, how do I find out more about this saint? I've never heard about her. And and she said, oh, you don't have to look for her. She'll find you. If oh. if you're meant to have a relationship with her, she'll find you. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I, I left her house and I started to see Therese everywhere. It was, it was like she just leapt into my life in like a hundred mm-hmm. different ways. And so at a, at a young age, I remember, you know, just sort of like growing in this awareness of her and inviting her to intercede in different things in my life. And I said at one point, I wasn't really like the kind of girl to be like praying for my future spouse all the time. I know some people do that. I didn't mm-hmm. really do that. But one day I just said, St. Therese, wherever my future spouse is, this is when I was like 19, um, will you just pray for him? Like, especially if he's far away from the Lord right now. And, and I said, and will you just like, give me a sign when I meet him that he's the one. And so years later, as, uh, I met my husband, Jake, when we were, when we were dating and when we were getting engaged, he actually, he didn't know any of that, but he proposed to me on her feast day. And and at the end of his beautiful proposal, after he washed my feet and all these gorgeous things, he said, those roses over there for you from St. Therese which is like the sign, you know, that I had asked for um, from her. And she always says, you know, I'll send roses from heaven. Um, But then as we began to talk about our lives, our life stories, like leading up to that point, when I was asking St. Therese to intercede for him, he actually was far from the Lord at that point. And he went on a retreat and his whole retreat was on the story of a soul. That was the book Mm -hmm. that he had. It was the only book he had. And he had this radical conversion and experience with God through the intercession of St. Therese. So she is a powerful saint and she is near and dear to my heart. And one of the reasons why I love her, this is the main reason, because I find for me, it's hard to connect to some saints. You know, it's very Mm -hmm. lofty, the language that they use, these mystical experiences. Like I admire them, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how it just seems like so hard. Like I want to be a saint, but this is like a very narrow road. And of course it is. But Mm -hmm. Therese, 
the little way that she chooses and lays out for us. That was her exact experience. She was like, I want to be a saint. I want to be a martyr. I want to preach to popes. I want to do all of these things. And she wanted to have every single vocation. And at the end of the day, she was like, God, I just realized that it, my vocation is love. And that means I can do mm. everything. I can do all the things if I just love mm. well. This is the little way. And so she makes sainthood attainable, practical, you know, little. It's the small things that that she teaches us that really matter in becoming a saint and in the spiritual journey. And so the way that she describes her relationship with God, everything is in simplicity and trust. Mm. Everything is like little moments of love and trust. And she deeply trusted the heart of God. And so that's one of the few reasons that I admire her. Anyway, Michelle, why don't you jump in? So much to say about this saint. Yeah, I think she just reminds me of the William Shakespeare quote, you know, though she may be small, she is fierce, you know, Mm. and she's the youngest doctor of the church. She is, you know, 24, like girl, she did a lot in her 24 years, but it doesn't she is a perfect embodiment of what abiding means. She did a lot mm-hmm. because she abided well, not because she strived well in her life and mm-hmm. she surrendered well. And I love what sister was saying. She used her childlike trust and her, just her childlike wounds almost. And mm-hmm. she surrendered so unbelievable. She just took them all and surrendered. Like, I love mm-hmm. the story. They talk about a little girl, her and her sister, and they were trying to figure out the sewing ribbons, like what they were going to play. And she said, you know, they asked her, Therese, which ones do you want? She says, I choose all. She's like, I want them all, <laughs> so which is totally, yes, I love that about her. She chose all, but she chose all. And, and she, then she goes on later on when she's talking to Jesus, she says, I choose all with you also. I give you Mm -hmm. everything. I choose all the suffering to be united with your suffering. I choose all of my littleness and give it to your greatness. I choose everything. And she doesn't put boundaries on the Lord. And I think that Mm -hmm. is what she just opens up and she just leaps into his arms. And, you know, I think we all do the trust fall with the Lord and we're still making Mm -hmm. sure that his hands are there. You know, have y'all ever done the trust Mm -hmm. fall, like in a Mm -hmm. um, ropes course or whatever? And we're like, okay, I'm going to do it. But okay, is everyone lined up right? All right, Lord, are you Mm -hmm. lined up just right? If I fall, are you going to catch me? Like, let me make sure, step to the right, two steps, just to make sure I lean this way. And, you know, what she did is she just jumped and leaped and and had perfect trust that he was going to catch her. And one of the quotes I love from Story of Soul says, with love, not only do I go forward, but I fly. And Mm -hmm. that's what she does. Like she just leaps into the arms of the father and says, he's going to catch me. And she just trusted him so much. And I love it. And, um, you know, uh, our family, we just love St. Therese also, like with a devotion. Our youngest daughter is Lily Therese. Mm -hmm. And it was funny when I was praying, I had three boys and we were praying to get pregnant again um, with our fourth, which we never had to pray before, which was a ch- different for us because we just got pregnant by thinking about it for the first three. And then... Um, <laughs> oh, is that how that works? <laughs> that's how that works. There's a, a little bit that's more involved. But yeah, seriously, all <laughs> Theology of the Body episode. But yeah. We'll yeah. talk about that next we'll week. We'll talk obviously. about that next week. But... For the fourth one, like we've been trying for a couple of months and we weren't able to get pregnant. And one of my good priest friends, who's actually a friar for the CFRs, I should have known then that the friars would always be involved in my life. Um, would he, it was his first ordination and of his priesthood. And he said, I'm, and he called me and said, Michelle, I'm going to Lourdes and Lisieux. Um, and I feel like I'm supposed to give you a gift for my first ordination of priesthood. I'm like, bring it on. So I said, like, Hey, well, we're trying to get pregnant. 
will you please pray for us, you know, to be able to conceive another child? And will you please pray that it's a girl too, you know, because we have these three boys. So he went to Lourdes and Lisieux and prayed and offered mass in both those locations. And he came back and I'm like, well, I don't think I'm pregnant. And I was like, just laughing about it. The next week I found out I was pregnant. And, um, and not only that, Lily was born on, um, Our Lady of Lourdes feast day. So, no way. and so, oh. and we named her Lily Therese just because of that. It's funny because she's doing a report on St. Therese right now. And we even founded a Catholic school when we lived at Covecrest and we called it the little way based on her, you know, and, um, and actually that's my baptismal day, um, is St. Therese's feast day. So it's just like Heather says, she is, um, small, but fierce, man. She is mighty and small and fierce, but she chooses you and her intercession is powerful and mm-hmm. she is just like a powerful source in her intercession, but it is the little way. It is very mm-hmm. simple. And, um, like I was with you sister, like when I started reading her, I'm like, Oh, she's just too sugary sweet. Like, no, mm-hmm. thank you. And I like a little more spice, but then I started reading her and I'm like, man, she is a warrior. And, um, is such a powerful warrior. We actually, my whole family is from France. So we, um, have a strong devotion to her that way. But in our family prayer room, we have a picture of her that I bought in France as dressed up as Joan of Arc in the play. So it's St. Therese as a younger girl dressed up as Joan of Arc. And it's just Mm -hmm. reminds me of what a warrior she is, you know, Mm -hmm. that she could be feminine, but just so, um, fierce. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. what about you sister? Well, yeah. And she wrote poems and she wrote plays and she acted and directed, I mean, just really. And the, the amazing thing I find about her is that, you know, everybody knows about her and she, we call her the patron saint of the missionaries and she corresponded with priests and she, she wanted to, like Heather was saying, wanted to do everything. And she never left the convent in France. Like she never left. And you talk about how the, like kind of the magnanimity of a soul, like the breath of a soul of when a heart is in love with God, God takes that heart and makes it eternal. Like he just yes. makes it universal. And it's, don't we often, and I know, I know we've said this on this podcast before, well, I'm just a mom or I'm just a nun, or I'm just a, I'm just one woman. You know, what can I do? Therese is such a great example of a heart surrender to Christ. Exactly what he can do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That grace is taken from that heart and spread all over the world. And I, I, I do, I love her childlike trust. I absolutely love that. And it's so hard. I think it's so hard to trust. It's so hard to rely upon somebody. It's so hard to entrust ourselves even to God in the broken places of our heart where we're asking him, are you really going to catch me? And, you know, here she's talking about just her little way of total surrender to God, her little elevator up to the Lord. And she calls herself like a little ball that Jesus can play with if he wants to or leave in the corner if he wants to, knowing she's loved. And I, it's that deep surrender of the heart of, of knowing that she's loved that gives her the confidence to trust in him. And I, it's such a profound witness. And I mean, especially somebody I'm not cloistered, but you know, she talks about living with the sisters and just all the little ways that, you know, we all have that people that we live with or people that we work with that can just irritate us at times. And she talks about how it's the small sacrifices. It's those where you, you don't, you know, turn away from them or rebuke them with a sharp critique. You, there's so many things you, you learn to live with and you learn to bless even in people's idiosyncrasies. And just her little way of love is so convicting. It's just so challenging. It sounds so easy, but oftentimes the easiest thing or the most simple things can be the most difficult. Don't you think? Oh, Oh, I agree. I agree. Totally. One of the things that I, I love about her in her trust, I think what she realized is that God is drawn to her weakness. You know, Mm. God is, 
isn't repelled by our sin and our weakness and the areas that we, that we fail, but actually he's drawn to those places. And so in her littleness, she was so aware of her littleness and her inability to do great things. In fact, yeah. she says, you know, basically she describes the difference between me and a saint is like, they are like the summit of this mountain. And I'm just a little grain of sand that the, that the people who are going up the mountain just tread upon. Like, that's how different she felt, you know, from the saint. She's like, I'd love to be Teresa of Avila, but I'm just so tiny, so tiny. Mm -hmm. Um, but she's like, just knew that God was drawn to her weakness and her fragility. And sister, you mentioned the elevator. And I think it's, it's such a beautiful analogy because she's like, um, I want to go, I, I want to get this way to heaven, you know, but all of these other ways seem too grandiose for me. Like I can't do it. I want to figure out what's the shortest way. What's the easy, not easiest, but like, what's the littlest, most straightforward way to heaven. She's like, I would love to have an elevator just lift me up because I'm too little, you know? <laughs> and so she talks about how she really pursued this idea and went into the scriptures. She allowed God to speak through the scriptures often to her. And she mm -hmm. said, um, so she came across this scripture in Proverbs where it says, whoever is very little, let him come to me. And she's like, oh, like God welcomes my littleness, you know? And she's like, I realize that Jesus, it's your arms that are the elevator. It's your arms. Mm -hmm. Like Michelle, you were talking about just leaping. She just leapt into the arms of God. And she said, it's your arms that's, that are going to lift me up to heaven. And I just need to be more and more little. Um, mm -hmm. but her littleness didn't mean immaturity because like you're saying, sister, there was mm -hmm. a lot of things that she did. She actually, her spiritual maturity and ability to do courageous things was, was pretty amazing. You oh, know, so, so yeah, we can't misunderstand like being little and being childlike doesn't mean immature that we stay in no. an immature place, but rather it's like a, a place of complete dependence. Mm -hmm. And she rested in that dependence and was so comfortable with her dependence on the Lord, which speaks to me, you know, as I've mentioned many times in struggling in my own life with a lot of self-reliance, um, to be able to accept your weaknesses and almost become friends with your weaknesses because they become the pathway in which you experience the saving power of God in your life in a way that you never could before if you're too strong. If I'm too strong, I don't need a savior. You know, it's only in my littleness that I'm like, oh, Jesus, like I need you so much in these places. And I'm learning this in very small ways. And St. Therese lived this in every way. That's why she's so, so, so inspiring. So what, yeah, what would it look like? You know, St. Paul says like, let us boast in our weaknesses. Like what if we were like, boast baby, this is where I fall short. You know, here we go. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just boast mm -hmm. of the ways that we fall short. Let's boast of the ways that he needs to come in and be God. Like let's boast in the ways where we need to see his glory. And I think that is mm -hmm. what she did. And in her little way, I love, like they were talking about in the beginning of Story of Souls, she talks a lot about Nazareth and that, and I was mm -hmm. thinking about this the other day because I was writing another piece. And, um, I was even talking about it this weekend, but like, I love the God of grand gestures. I love the God that parts the Red Sea. I love the God that does the loaves and the fishes, but really God, where God works most is in the mundane. The miraculous happens and the miracles happen and the mysteries happen in the mundane. And it's the mm -hmm. liturgy of the ordinary that God mm -hmm. is really working. And this is what she embodied. And she talks a lot about Nazareth, those 30 years before Jesus came out. He did three years of public ministry. But what happened in those 30 years before? That's where mm -hmm. all the roots went deep. That's where everything was cultivated. That is where 
magic happened in a lot of ways that Jesus became who he was. And I mean, magic, what I mean is he became who he was supposed to be. He relied on the Holy Spirit. He did family. He did community. Mm -hmm. And she Mm -hmm. really goes back to that. And um, I think it's very easy to say, like, even those of us that are in ministry or whatever, and it's such a social media culture, like, we want to see the big highlight reels, and we want to see the big platforms, and we want to see the stages. But really, the amazing thing happens behind the scenes, in the mm-hmm. Nazareth moments, in the mundane. That is where our holiness is found. That is where mm-hmm. we grow in holiness. That is where we get to see, that's where we really get to encounter the Lord. Like we can encounter mm-hmm. them at events and places like that and how powerful experiences, but where we really feel his embrace and see his face and his touch is in those little moments when we're up with a kid in the middle of the night. It's in those moments when we're in college students and we're trying to figure out something. It's in those moments when, you know, the three of us are sitting here like you know, like our conversation we just had before, like I was telling them something and, you know, I, you know, like I'll even tear up it. Things bring a reaction out of you. And you say, you stop and you both look at me and say, what's going on? What's happening? That's where transformation happens. Mm -hmm. You know, the majority of our transformation happens in the miraculous and the mundane moments and not these huge grand gestures. Now, don't get me wrong. God moves in grand gestures too. And I, I love me a big, powerful God, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. Um, God wants more. He wants all the above. He wants our Nazareth moments and he wants our parting the Red Sea moments. And, um, that is the beauty of St. Therese is she embraced all of the above and she trusted him so much that he would come through and didn't doubt him, you know, and she didn't Mm -hmm. doubt his goodness and she didn't doubt his character and she didn't doubt that he is who he says he is and he will do what he says he is going to do. And that's why I think she's such a powerful intercessor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think you're, you're articulating very well, Michelle, of her spirituality of, of doing the ordinary with extraordinary love. And all of us have that set before us, no matter what vocation we have or what job we have. We All of us have the ordinary that we can, through the grace of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, live out in extraordinary love. And, um, those, those are the not, those are the not easy things, you know, and actually when people, when, you know, say you talk about being canonized, you know, we, we took it like St. Therese as a a canonized saint and we talk about her being a doctor of the church, but when somebody's canonized, when you're, you're in your cause, when you say you die and people regard you highly as a saint, you know, ultimately what your life is parsed through all the letters you wrote, everything, people that knew you from a childhood on, you know, everybody's asked like, what were you really like? Give a testimony. What the church looks for, and I think we've talked about this before, but what the church looks for is not, did you raise people from the dead and were you multiplying loaves and fishes? The church says, at, looks for, did you practice heroic virtue? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Heroic virtue. And that's something that you and I in our day-to-day life that no one is exempt. Like nobody has a life where you can't practice heroic virtue in a sense of putting love where there is no love or giving oneself or like sitting with somebody and listening to their story. I mean, it's the little, it, I know it's it, like we said, it just seems so simple, but that, that is the path. And that's what makes a life mm-hmm. worth living. Yeah. And nothing is insignificant in the kingdom no. when it's offered to God as a gift. And that's what yeah. Therese lived so beautifully is that everything was a gift to God. It was like all of these little tiny flowers, these little tiny things um, that she would offer as a gift. I love uh, Father Jacques Philippe. This is like what you were talking about, Michelle. He says um, in his book, The Way of Trust and Love, I'm telling you this to help you understand something. It may happen that God works a deep cure in us through totally insignificant events. Sometimes we're called by God to come out of ourselves, to take several steps forward to become more adult and free. Mm. 
We turn round and around inside ourselves, enclosed in our immaturity, complaints, lamentations, and dependencies, until suddenly a day of grace arrives, a gift from God, who nevertheless also calls upon our freedom. We have a choice to make, for it is at the same time a cure and a conversion. Our freedom has to opt for an act of courage, making an act of courage even over some very small thing which is what God is asking of us, can open the gate to an in-depth cure, to a new freedom granted us by God. Mm. And I I love that because that that was the story of Therese when she, you mentioned it, sister, at the beginning, when she had that deep encounter and healing in her life of on Christmas Eve when she was this very emotionally unstable child and all of these things as a result of losing her mother. But God gave her this grace in this moment to not respond that way anymore. And it was almost like he was saying, Therese, we're done with this now. Like you have a new, you have a new choice to make. And I think it's Mm -hmm. often in those little moments, we miss them as moments of grace, you know? And I think that's something that we can learn on a practical level from Therese, what are the little moments of grace uh, that I'm called to be courageous and, and respond to in the day-to-day, like right now today? Mm-hmm. What do I need to step out in an act of courage and respond to? Um, mm-hmm. That's a beautiful thing to reflect on, something I think we mm-hmm. all should, you know, mm-hmm. today, today. Yeah, definitely. And I like like we said, you know, we all have those places in our lives that, that require that, you know, uh, require our hearts poured out and attentive. And, um, she did that so well in her service to the sisters she lived with and also to people that she would never meet her intercessory heart, her, how her heart soared beyond the, the boundaries of the convent walls to, to affect change across the entire earth and into eternity. And yeah, mm-hmm. I had an amazing experience a, a few weeks ago. We had some friends come over um, they're new friends to us <clears throat> their family has lived here for a while and they just moved into the area. So they came over for, for dinner and after we're sitting around and, um, and we were talking about St. Therese and this, uh, the guy, John Paul, he says, did you know that she wrote poems? And I was like, what? Mm. I've never heard that, you know, about Therese before. And then his wife says, oh yeah, Jean Paul wrote. That's because you have to read books. <laughs> <laughs> Minor technicality. That's true. That's probably true. But I had never heard that. Like I was like, <laughs> I didn't know that she wrote poems. And so his wife says, oh yeah, Jean Paul wrote a song like to one of her poems. Oh. And I was like, oh, I said, would you play it for us? And so he's, he just sat there and began to play this beautiful song that were just like her words of this poem. And he kind of explained it to us. He said, could you just imagine this is her reflection sitting in a church, looking at the tabernacle, looking at the altar, but like just you see her simplicity and her love for the Lord as she just reflects on all of these little elements in the church. And so he sang this song and no joke, I was just like completely swept away. I had like tears welling up in my eyes, listening to the words of the saint, like her prayer. And so this is, this is one of the first um, stanzas of, of this poem. She says, she's looking at the little key that opens the tabernacle door. And she says, O little key, I envy thee, for thou can open at any hour the Eucharistic prison house where dwells the God of love and power. And yet, O tender mystery, one effort of my faith alone unlocks the tabernacle door and hides me there Mm. with Christ my own. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? Mm. And then she goes to talk about the altar stone. She's like, I envy thee with every morn as once in Bethlehem's blessed shed the eternal word on thee is born. Yet gentle Savior, hear my plea. 
Enter my heart, O Lord divine. It's no cold stone I offer thee who does desire this heart of mine. Isn't that beautiful? That's gorgeous. Yeah. Mm, I just love amazing. her. And I think what she can inspire in all of us is, I love there's a quote from C.S. Lewis, and he says that, um, how alike are all the great tyrants and conquerors have been of the world, but how glorious, how gloriously different are all the saints of the world, you know? And mm. then she embodies that when mm. she was, she talks about the rose, don't compare yourself to the rose and the wildflower and that God's garden is every flower is precious and different. And, you know, and if, um, yeah. we long to be what we're not, God's garden would not be complete nor as beautiful or as vibrant or as vivacious as it is. But that she knew she didn't want to be halfway a saint. Mm. She wanted to be all the way a saint. And she wasn't afraid to suffer. And I think for me, I avoid suffering usually at all costs. You know, like if there's one big idol in my life, mm-hmm. it's probably comfort, you know. And she embraced the suffering because she knew that with suffering came that also the resurrection came. So when she said, I choose all, she meant I choose all the suffering with you so that she could see the power of the resurrection, you know? And I was thinking about that in terms of even of our church, restoring the church, like, okay, Lord, I choose all of this, um, just scandal that you're bringing out because you are cleaning house and you are opening up all the doors and you are doing all this. Like, so let everything come to light because I choose all of your restoration and redemption in this church. I choose it all. And can we trust that it will Mm. all be redeemed in resurrection? And if we walk through this Calvary process as a church and as people, you promise us that we will have a resurrection and we are going to hold you to that promise because you are going to restore the beauty, you know? And so I think it's not only with each four of these women and how different they are, that they are not not only just like, yes, we can get little glimpses, but I think they are on the sidelines cheering all of us on saying, okay, run your race, do this, be all the saint that you are created to be in your own unique way, in your own unique voice, in your own unique mission, you know, do it. Come on, Mm -hmm. choose all, choose everything, even the hard, even Mm -hmm. the messy, Mm -hmm. choose it all because we want to see the beauty fully restored. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've heard the church speak about, mm-hmm. you know, the universal mm-hmm. call to holiness, that everyone is called to be holy. And St. Therese, in a particular way, you know, expresses that in her whole spirituality. And that's what it's all about, is that it doesn't matter how little you are, how insignificant, what gifts you lack, if you're not good at things, if you're sinful, like you still uh, can be a saint. And and we just need to trust and throw mm-hmm. ourselves into the arms of God and be willing to love. Mm. And I think that's often what's lacking in most vocations, mm-hmm. Michelle. You know, as you're talking about, it's like we we all can seek after grandiose things. It's like, I want a platform. I want to talk about things. So many people want a platform, especially on social media. You know, they just want to they want to get out there and say a whole bunch of things. Um, and we might want grandiose things, but a lot of people don't have love in there, you know. And I mean, that was what came mm-hmm. so clear to St. Therese was mm-hmm. that none of those things actually matter. Yeah. And I, I, you know, her vocation, she says that of herself, I found my vocation, my vocation is to love, you know, and, you know, we know the, the Christian meaning of love is to will the good of the other, right. To pour oneself out for the good of the other and, um, to choose what is good for the other and to, to sacrifice ourselves to, to lay down our lives so that can come to pass for the other. And, you know, she's also another example of just a tender lover of Jesus. Her poems, like what you were reading, Heather is so intimate and so beautiful. And that is a heart in love with Jesus himself. And so you see in her own way of a woman in love, 
and a woman who mm-hmm. rests on the heart of Christ. And and as we've journeyed throughout mm-hmm. this month with these beautiful women, that's what we've seen common to all of them, that no matter how the mighty deeds and the quiet works of Christ are manifested through each of their glorious hearts, they are at the heart women mm-hmm. in love with Christ. Yeah, it's incredibly beautiful. Yeah. And I hope that we can see, you know, through all the various lives of these women, these are just four um, that we, you know, picked out to focus in on, um, but that we all have a calling, you know, we all have a calling on our life. And what would it be like if each of us just started to love in these like small, small ways, if we just chose these courageous moments in the day to day? To, to change how we interact with people, that we could really be bringing the love mm. of Christ, his healing power um, that's active in our own life and pouring out into the lives of others. Mm. I mean, we would change the world. Like, it's no joke. And that's exactly how it works. And yeah. I think these, mm-hmm. yeah, and these saints are just a good example to us of, yeah. you can do this, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So shall we pray, huh? Shall yeah. we just... Amen. Mm-hmm. So Father, we... We come before you as your children, and we come before you with our childlike spirit, and we ask, Lord, that you would give us the courage and the faith to entrust ourselves to you. We ask that you would open up our hearts so that we trust you, that we surrender to your goodness. Lord, I pray that we would, each of us in our own way where we need to, that we would surrender to your love for us, to your unconditional, undying love for each one of us. And St. Therese, I just ask this week as our sister on the journey that you would be with us, that you would intercede for us. Give us the courage to live our ordinary lives with extraordinary love. And I pray that for each one of us, you would show us where we can sacrifice and show more love, whether that's a relationship, whether that's a situation that needs tender care, just as you so beautifully did, even when it wasn't easy, that you would give us, St. Therese, as a sister, the courage to do that as well, to bring love into the world. Give us the courage to choose all and to walk upon the path that God has called each one of us to. And Lord Jesus, we... We just thank you for this time with your women doctors. We thank you for each one of them. And we ask that we will be more intimately united to you, Lord Jesus, each one of us as we listen. Knit our hearts ever more deeply into yours. We entrust this time to you, Lord Jesus, in your holy name. And we say, amen. 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 Oh gosh. Well, we will, we're not, we got, we're done with the four doctors, but we're not done yet. So we got, (laughs) we got some really other beautiful things coming for you, uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, we have a special special guest. We next do week, have a special guest we, next week. We won't announce, but we'll just keep you on the edge of your seat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, we will. So, so dear ladies, it is our time for our one thing for the week. So, Michelle, would you like to share with our listeners your one thing for the week? Um, my one thing for the week is a new book. <laughs> Oh, do tell, do tell. Surprise, surprise. And so I'm just getting into it, but it's the spiritual legacy of Madeline Langle, who wrote Mm. A Wrinkle in Time. And it's just really interesting. It's beautiful. I love the whole, 
She's just an amazing artist. She's an amazing writer. Mm. Um, but I love how she blends the secular and the sacred together. And um, yeah, it's just been really, really good. So that is mm. my one thing. Oh, I have two one things. Um, yep. Why are we not surprised? Why why are not? We not surprised? Okay. And the <laughs> other, we are certainly not. And the other one thing is I would just got back from doing conference with Marie Miller and Ooh, that girl's voice. She is gifted mm. and I could have her sing to me mm. every single day. So I just love her voice. There's just such power in her voice. And so I'll link this uh, Spotify, her music on Spotify to you all. But she is very gifted. Oh, awesome. You know, so I love her. Heather, oh, what's your... Nice. Oh, no, sister. Heather what? can go last. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can I just say that in our... <laughs> In our show notes that we're working from today, I love it. Heather did them this week, and I just noticed this. She wrote, why does Michelle always make fun of Heather and not Sister Mirio? <laughs> that was supposed to be one of our questions to uh, talk about. And then Heather, and then Michelle wrote back in hot pink text, as only Michelle could. Well, Heather's a punk, that's why. So, <laughs> so great. Oh, well, my one thing for the week is a women's retreat um, put on by one of my hands down, one of my favorite ministries of the church right now, uh, which is the John Paul II Healing Center out of Tallahassee, mm. Florida, and uh, headed by Dr. Bob Schutz. I do a lot of work with them on their staff, and they're wonderful. And they are hosting their first ever women's retreat. And it's Carrie, Bob's daughter, has had this as a dream in her heart for years. And she's a mother of eight and homeschools and is an amazing woman. And she's gathered a team of women around her, and they're about to give birth to this vision of Man. healing in the church for women. So the retreat is called Undone. I'll be there as well. I'll be one of the speakers and just being with the women for the weekend. And so it is in January. So if you're tired of wherever you are in January, you can come to Tallahassee, Florida, and that's January 18th to the 20th, 2019 in Tallahassee. And so I'll put up the link if you want to register or find out more information, but that is the Undone Women's Retreat hosted by the John Paul II Healing Center in Tallahassee, Florida. I would highly recommend it. So great. Yeah. Yeah. So great. He's actually our mutual friend, which we met through. So Isn't that so funny? I know. It's a small, it's a small world after all. It's amazing. Okay. So, um, yeah, speaking of retreats, I just wanted to make one little announcement. Uh, we're having a conference locally, uh, this coming year, instead of our annual women's retreat that normally do in the Vancouver area, we, our dates are messed up because of Easter and, uh, you know, Easter. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So anyway, we can't do our annual women's retreat because of the dates conflict and all that. So we're going to do a conference locally. So Sister Miriam and Michelle and I are going to do a conference with a special guest. And that will be May 3rd and 4th. So mark your calendars, local people. Uh, That's when it is. You can check out more on our website, liferestoration.ca. So my one thing is a book called The Way of Trust and Love by Father Jacques Philippe. Father Jacques Philippe Mm. is so, he is, oh my gosh, this man, I love his book. So simple, so profound. And this book is on St. Therese. So for those of you who are looking for a little more reading on St. Therese, that's a great book, a simple read, but very profound. Like it is rocking me. It's really, really good. Yeah. Mm. Amen. What a beautiful discussion today. What a just a very, I don't know, just a peaceful, simple discussion about an, a glorious woman. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? 
You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can email us at abidingtogether at ascensionpress.com. That is abidingtogether at ascensionpress.com to have all the show notes emailed to you. You can also find the show notes on the Ascension Press website, as well as each episode on the iTunes podcast app. You'll find everything there. You can join our private Facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on. We love to hear from you. Send us an email, give us a shout out. We are happy to be on the journey with you. And until next week, we will be abiding together. Thank you so much.